right, with that being said, I wanted to take, ask you to take your Bibles. We're going to look together in the book of Proverbs. Here's a verse for our graduates, and the good thing is it's not just for graduates. God's Word is powerful, and it impacts each of us. And so here's a verse for you, though. It's Proverbs chapter 16. We're going to look at verse 3. So Proverbs 16, verse 3. So a simple verse, one that we can remember, but yet it's very much a powerful verse. Proverbs, kind of in the middle of your Bible, Job, Psalms, Proverbs 16, verse 3. Here's what it says. It says, commit, commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. Let's have prayer together. Lord, will you today continue to speak to our hearts? Lord, help us to realize the simple truths and principles that are in your word. And Lord, today, when we make a decision that we're going to commit our lives, our works, the things we do to you, bless each that makes this decision. And may you be honored and glorified in everything said and done. And we give you thanks so much now. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I was reading about Bobby Richardson, who's now in his 80s. <laughs> he played baseball for the New York Yankees. In fact, he won three World Series. I think he played in seven. It was MVP in 1960. Bobby Richardson, he actually retired when he was 30 years old. <laughs> he said, had enough. He wanted to be able to be with his family, not travel so much. And looking back on it now in his 80s, he said, you know, it was the wisest decision I made. But he said, when it come to the Hall of Fame, he said, I'd rather be in the Lord's Hall of Fame any day. He said, when it come to fame, he said, I would rather nobody know me but to live and to honor the Lord Jesus Christ and God be pleased than anything else. And you know what? That's such good advice. Such good advice. Let me tell you what this verse 16.3, verse 3 says, commit your works. Now, the word works, here's what it's, it's translated sometimes as actions, activities, deeds, plans. Commit. Let's commit our works, our actions, activities, and plans. Let's commit them to the Lord. Now, how's a person going to do that? Well, you're making a commitment to basically the core beliefs that we have as Christians. Or it's a choice. I'm making a decision that I'm going to live like a Christian. And here's what a Christian does. Here's a, a Christian is a person that has made Jesus Christ their personal Lord and Savior. See, nobody can confess Jesus is Lord and ask Jesus to be the Lord of their life unless the Spirit of God is moving in their life. That's what Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians. And so the Holy Spirit has to be able to show you and convince you who Jesus Christ is. Jesus said that himself in, in John chapter 16. It's the Holy Spirit that convinces us who Jesus is. And so a person needs to be able to say, you know, I want Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. Now, what does that mean? You see, some people, when they say, I made Jesus Lord, their ideal is, that means that I am going to come to church on Sundays. And on Sundays, Jesus is going to be in charge of my life. 
That's all they think it means. Some people think, well, to make Jesus Lord means that when my mama's around, I live like I belong to Jesus. But that's it. But I want you to know something. Making Jesus Christ as Lord, Lord means the person of authority that's in charge. So when I make Jesus Christ Lord of my life, that means that I am surrendering myself to His authority. And it means not just Sunday. It means every day, regardless of where I'm at. You see, there's some people that say, wait a second, you don't do that if you're a teenager. Teenagers can't do that. Oh yes, if you give your life to Jesus, He wants to be Lord even if you're a teenager. Somebody said, you can't do that if you work in a factory. Oh yes. Oh yes, you in a factory where they use bad language and people may not do what they're supposed to do. If you make Jesus Lord, He wants to be Lord even while you're in the factory. Well, you can't do that at college. When you go off to college, I mean, you're supposed to sow your wild oats and do what you want. You can't do that at college. Oh, yes. We're talking about making Jesus Lord, having the authority of your life. Now, listen. If you don't make Jesus Lord, then something will be Lord. You see, what happens is a lot of people say, I'm going to allow pleasure to be in control of my life. And so as I go off and make decisions, I've graduated. Now I've got some freedom. And now I'm just going to make pleasure. I've known a number of people that have flunked out of college because it was all about pleasure. It was all about parties. It was all about getting drunk. And so those individuals flunked school didn't last, didn't make their accomplishment. They forgot what their goal was because pleasure was their Lord. There's people that popularity became what it was about. There's people that have went through high school. Popularity is what they desired. And so there's people that are all about popularity, and that's what their life revolves around, is just being popular, trying to make the newspaper. There's people that their life is about money. And so, yes, they're going to school, but their ideal is, I'm going to make as much money as I possibly can, and that's what my life is going to revolve around. Well, I'm not against or opposed to anybody making money. But what I'm saying is, Jesus Christ, this verse is asking us to commit our works, our ways, our way of living to Christ and allowing Jesus to be Lord. I need to be Lord. I mentioned Bobby Richardson. He was playing in the World Series in 1962. They were playing against the San Francisco Giants. They're in the seventh game. The Giants had a man on second base, and the manager came out and said, we're going to make a pitching change. Bobby Richardson playing second base. They're making the pitching change, and he goes over to the man on second base, and he says to him, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Where are you going to spend eternity if you was to die? That guy, when the inning's over, goes back to the dugout and he said, What's wrong with Bobby Richardson? This is the seventh game of the World Series. This is about baseball. 
And he's asking me about Jesus Christ. You see, Bobby Richardson had given his life to Christ. And he was going to live for him whether he was playing baseball or not. And the most important decision in your life, and he knew it, was do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior? And he was even willing to share Christ with the opposing team. Isn't that something? To give his heart to Christ. Here's a second thing. If you're going to commit your life to Christ, that means making Jesus Christ Lord. Here's the second thing is, that means that you have to know that the Bible is the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God. A lot of times when you go to school, you know what happens? The Bible is going to come under attack. It's going to be under attack. Henry Morse, who out in California started the Creation Institute, Henry Morse said when he went to school, he became embarrassed about the Bible, about Noah's Ark. It was under attack, and he, he couldn't defend it. They said, well, it's just a fairy tale. And so, that's what he believed. Now, when you walk away from the Bible, guess what? You'll walk away from God, from morals. His life just fell apart. Henry Morse, as he began to look at his life, and he began to look at people who had it together, he said, you know who's got it together? It's people that believe the Bible. It's the people that I know that are following Christ. So Henry Morse began to realize, you know what? God gave us a brain, and He doesn't expect us to turn our brain off, because that's what He was told. When you're a Christian, you just take things by faith, and you don't have to think anymore. Well, listen, you do walk by faith, but that doesn't mean that reason and wisdom don't come with faith. God expects us to use our brains, and you know what? What you're going to find is that the Bible does not contradict science. In fact, if science was to go along with the Bible, they would find themselves correct. You don't have to be ashamed of the Bible. It can stand on its own. It is the Word of God. And Henry Morse began to realize that, and it changed his life. He went back to school, and he thrived. It is important that you understand the Bible is the Word of God. Henry Ironside, one day he had, he had been in the Salvation Army. He was out in San Francisco and he heard some, something going on on the street and he noticed it was a Salvation Army doing a rally. So he went and they recognized him. He said, Dr. Ironside, will you come up and say something? So he got up and began speaking about Jesus Christ. There was a man there that handed him a card wrote his name on it, and wrote a challenge. Dr. Ironside recognized his name. He was a leading atheist in the area. Always a divisive person. Challenged him to a debate. The very next week, well, Dr. Ironside said, well, you know, I've got an appointment, but I'm willing to cancel that appointment. He said, I'm very much interested in this debate. He said, I'm going to accept it on one condition, and he mentioned the guy's name. He said, if he will bring two people with him, two people, one man, one woman, whose lives have been changed because they believe in their, in their atheistic belief. Their lives are better 
because they have determined this is the right way to go. If he can bring two people, I'll show up at the bait, and he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to bring 100, 100 people that have given their life to Jesus Christ whose lives are better because they're walking with Jesus Christ. And he said, I'll tell you what's going to happen. He said, there's nobody that's better that doesn't believe in God. He said, but hundreds and thousands of people are better because they've trusted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. People that have come out of addictions, that have walked away from drugs, that have walked away from alcohol, whose marriages were on the rocks and were ready to end, whose lives have been turned around all because of Christ. He said, I'll just have one person after another. That man that gave him the card, he just walked away shaking his head. He wanted no part of it. Let me tell you something. The Bible is the Word of God. And it's the God's Word. It's the gospel that is the power that changes lives. It changes eternity. Here's a third thing that you need to know. The Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit is at work in your life helping you. Jesus gave us that promise. That's what he told the disciples back in John 14, 26. He said he was going to send another one, another Holy Spirit who will help you. He will guide you. And I've found that to be true. And if you're going off to school or if you're going, moving on in your life and you're making important decisions, you'll want the Holy Spirit to give you guidance. You want to be sensitive where the Holy Spirit is leading. You know, when I was in college one day, I decided, you know, I needed to, uh, I needed to go to Bible study. And it is important if you go off to college that you get in a Bible study. And so there's a lot of people that will study the Bible that don't believe the Bible. So I was just praying because I investigated it, and I was disappointed in some groups. And so I was praying, Lord, I want to be able to go to a Bible study. I was in my room on my knees praying, and somebody knocked on my door. I was like, I can't even pray without being interrupted. And I got up and opened the door, and there's a couple of guys, and they said, hey, we want to invite you to our Bible study. I thought, well, that must be the Lord. And so I went. And I tell you how the Lord works. It's the very place that I first met Margaret. Isn't that something? The Lord just blessed me. And I'll tell you something. When, the, when you are seeking the Lord, He just throws in extra blessings that you weren't expecting. That's just how He works. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And you say, I don't have the Holy Spirit. Well, then you haven't made Jesus Lord and Savior because when you accept Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit indwells you. And so if you go off to school, if you're making a decision, you'll want the Holy Spirit providing that type of guidance. So a commitment to your beliefs. Now let me ask you something. What's that look like? A person that has made Jesus Christ their Lord, how is it that that person lives? So that's my second point today, a commitment to live as Jesus Lord. And what's that look like? Here's what it looks like. It means you have a person that's going to live honestly, honestly. You know, it's hard to live honestly without the Lord's help. Do you know that? Because there's people that's going to entice you to do things you shouldn't do, to take shortcuts, to lie to do things wrong, it's hard sometimes 
to be honest. You know, I remember taking a freshman. This was a freshman PE class. Now, this is supposed to be easy. And I don't know what was up with this professor, but she was not easy. It was a difficult class. And we took this final, and I just could not believe the final that she gave us. It was incredible. She said, we're taking this final. She said, I'm going to have to go for just a little while. I'll be back in just a minute. And she walked out. And one person after another just reached down and got this workbook out that had all the answers in it. I mean, they was, I don't know how many was in the room, but almost everybody reached down and got that, their books. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to do good on this test, but I would rather fail this test than to reach down and get that book and cheat, and I'm not going to do it. And so... I ended up making a bad grade in PE, if you can believe it. I'm telling you, live an honest life. If it means taking a loss, take a loss. But be honest. God will bless honest people. Christians, people that are filled with the Spirit of God, need to have a clear conscience, need to have the respect of others, and you'll do so. When you live an honest life. Jesus said keep your word. Let your yes be yes. Your no, no. Be honest. Be trustworthy. A person that's honest can be trustworthy. That means that people, they do respect you and they really hold you in high regard. Be trustworthy. A person that Jesus Christ is Lord is a person that is trustworthy. Listen, commit your works to the Lord, the way that you live. Be trustworthy. Psalms 37, verse 5, basically says the same thing. Look it up. He tells us, commit your ways, the way that you walk, the paths that you take. Commit them to the Lord. And when you do, you're going to live a trustworthy life. You know what that means? It means you're going to be on time. It means you'll be on time. You'll be responsible. When somebody gives you a job, you do it. You stay with it. It's not easy. All around you, people are looking for workers. You know what they're really looking for? Somebody that's trustworthy. Trustworthy. You can't hardly find somebody that's trustworthy, that'll show up, that'll be on time, that'll work hard, that'll give the effort. Everybody's looking. I hear people all the time, if you know somebody that's trustworthy, Send them my way. Well, if you're a Christian, that should define who you are. If Jesus is Lord, you'll want to be trustworthy. If you're following the words and principles of God, you'll have a trustworthy life. It also means that you're given a good effort. When we're talking about committing our ways to the Lord, that means that you're living and you're doing your best. You're giving a good effort. You know what I always told my boys or my, my children? You do want to do a job, somebody's going to pay you. Earn what you're making. Work. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. You know what it says? Colossians chapter 3. If you don't know it, then you should know it. Here's verse 23. Whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, not to men. Here's verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, 
do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You represent Jesus Christ. So, give it your best. See, that's how it should be in school. You're representing Christ. Just go ahead and give it your best. Honor the Lord in what you do. Now, I have people tell me, see, I'm interested in having fun. And the problem with being a Christian is you can't have fun. Well, I don't know who told you that, but that's a lie. You certainly can have fun. There's a lot of things. You don't have to have alcohol and drugs to have fun. In fact, I have more fun knowing the decisions and choices that I'm making. But you can have a lot of fun. I'm not telling you not to go to concerts. I'm not telling you not to go to activities. Yeah, go. Have fun, but live and honor the Lord. Let me tell you something that will give you real joy that a lot of young people don't realize. There is joy in giving. Many people don't learn this till later on. I've always considered it an honor and privilege. Whenever I had a, some, went to work to be able to put money in an offering plate, to be able to honor God with my tithes, 10%. I give, learn when I was young, and it was always an honor. Worshiping God to give back to Him. And it was always, still today, it just thrills me to be able to give. And you know, sometimes you see needs. Sometimes you can't help. But when you can, it's just, it just brings joy to give, to help somebody in need. Learn the joy of giving. You're not too young. You're like, I'm just a teenager. So be it. Give. There's joy in it. I'll tell you something, there's joy in serving. You know, some people think, oh, if you've got to sweat, that can't, that's no fun. It's fun when you've helped somebody. There's a joy. Yeah, I know it's not a belly laugh, but there's something inside you that you just, it's a satisfaction, a peace from helping somebody that needs some help, from serving somebody. Maybe it's your grandparents great-grandparents or a neighbor or maybe it's a single mom somebody that just needs a little help and you've helped them there's just something about helping somebody serving there's a joy in serving let me tell you something there's a joy in being a friend a friend is a person that is friendly and you know what you can become a friend to anybody they don't have to be like you you can just reach out to them and to help them and to love them and there's joy in being a friend. You don't have friends? Let me tell you how you get them. Be a friend. You'll have them. Be a friend. There's a joy. I'll tell you something. There's a joy. We recognize these graduates. There's a joy in accomplishing something. You start off and say, there's no way. I can't do this. And then you just start. Next thing you know, you've worked, got a year in another year, another class, and you've done it. And there's a joy in accomplishment. You know, when I had to write papers, I was just like, oh, why would they give you a paper like this? Why would they give you an assignment like this? 
Then you would work at it. You would put effort into it. You would work. You'd have a deadline. You'd get it done. If you got it done, you're like, man, this is good. You've got this sense of accomplishment. I can't believe I've done it, but I've done it. And you feel good about it. You go out on the farm. Fence is supposed to go up. You're like, I just don't see how this is going to work. And you get it done. It's ready. You harvest your crop. It's ready. A sense of accomplishment. When you get it done, there is a joy in doing it, having the job completed. Proverbs 16.3. It's not difficult. Commit your works to the Lord. Your thoughts will be established. You know what? You let the Lord work with you. The next thing you know, you've done it. You've accomplished something. You've been used by God. When you go through life, you know what? My desire with my life is I want to make a difference in society. I don't want to be just a taker. I don't want to be able to be a leech. I want to be a person that when my life is over with, that people look back and say, I'm sure glad he was alive. He made a difference. And, you know, I want you to be that very person. And the only way to really do that is to have, commit your ways to the Lord. Commit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ and allow Him to work through you. And in doing so, you'll make an eternal difference. You'll make a difference here. You'll make a difference in the future. And you'll make a difference in eternity. Proverbs 16.3 doesn't seem like much. You read over it, but it's a principle that we need to adopt. Commit. Make a choice. See, today you can do that. It doesn't matter what, how old you are, where you're at. I'm going to commit my works, the things that I do at my job, the things that I do daily. I'm going to commit my actions and my activities. I'm going to commit them to God. I'm going to... I'm going to Give them and let God be in control. Want Him to be Lord. Yeah, it's going to change the way you talk. Yeah, it's going to change the way you operate and work. It could be that today, some of you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Some, maybe you made a decision, but you really didn't let Jesus have full control and authority of your life. And today you need to be able to say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord. Where I work at, everything I do, you be the authority. I'm surrendering to you today. Let's have prayer together. Lord, I just want to thank you that today we've come. And Lord, today, yet we've come to worship and to honor you, but we've been challenged by your word. And I just ask, Lord, that you would help each of us, regardless, young or old, that we would be willing to commit ourselves to you, to doing things your way. Lord, we want to have pleasure. We want to be able to have some popularity. We want to be able to have money. But we don't want none of those things to control us. We don't want none of those things to be the center of our lives. We want you to be that center. And if you grant any of these things, then so be it. But Lord, we want you to be honored and glorified. So may each of us today surrender ourselves to your authority and allowing you to be in charge. 
Lord, may we find true joy, contentment, and peace because we're living for you. I pray for your blessings. May you honor this time. May you honor decisions. May you honor commitment. We ask in Jesus' name.